This is Snowman in the Morning. Holy on smoke! Where true sports talk lives. <laughs> I like him. He's silly. Just rolling right along on this birthday edition of Snowman in the Morning. I want to thank you all for all the beautiful birthday wishes. My wife started it before she climbed into the booth this morning. Then my daughter birthdayed me. I got a birthday wish from my sister who is out in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, she and my nephew and all kinds of friends have been wishing me happy birthday all morning while they're tuned in to the show. I thank you all very, very humbly. I am blessed to see another year. Now, on to business. I was on a podcast recently. And the title of the podcast was A Voice to be Reckoned With. I said, what's this all about? Well, my producer, Steve Joyner, put this young lady in my ear, and I'm glad she was, because now I get to put her in my ear. This is Brandy Singleton, and she joins me right now. Brandy, how are you? I'm well, and yourself. Thank you for having me, Brian. Thank you for coming on. You got a fabulous podcast. Thanks for for having me on. Had a great time on it. Thank you. Thank you so much. I enjoyed having you. Had a blast. <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing we did. We did a lot of yeah. laughing. We did a lot of laughing <laughs> yeah. during 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 that taping. And one thing we had we had talked about. There needs to be a lot more laughter, given how crazy times are right now. Yes. For sure, the medicine for the soul. It is. It it really yeah. it, it 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 really is. Where are you based? Um, San Diego. Ah, San Diego. There's still it still she'll still be the San Diego Chargers, but that's a subject for another rant <laughs> for another time. Tell me how you got your tell me how you got your podcast started. Um. Well, actually, one day, right? I was. Uh, I think I was in my room. And I think, you know, I'm like a app, like, a, okay, I'm just going to go ahead and say this. I, I'm an app whore, I call myself. I don't know if you know what that means. <laughs> that means that I mess around with a lot of apps. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Pe- people are gonna, you know people are going to misconstrue that. You realize that. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, yeah. Give them something new to talk about. Give, give, them, something, <laughs> give them something more to try to pick apart. <laughs> no, she's an apple. <laughs> all the all the guys the whole you, part of me. You, you know, I was gonna say, you know, the side eyes coming when you mention that word. You know, the side <laughs> eyes coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'm giving it right back to. I'll there you like, go. You her app in front of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but yeah, I, I like to um like mess around with a lot of apps. I like to you know, looking for different apps to do things. So I came across, I think it was Anchor. And I said, hmm, podcast, huh? And mind you, I had never been into podcasts. I didn't realize at that moment that I even knew what a podcast was. But at that moment, I didn't. But I said, I'll try it. You know, I got stuff to say. <laughs> so I uh, <laughs> went at it and uh, I had a friend. I said, what should, what should, what should I talk about? I really didn't know what I was doing with it. And he was like, I was like okay, the hottest thing was R. Kelly. I said, yeah, let's just talk about R. Kelly. <laughs> and so it was crazy because it was a funny act, a funny show, but you couldn't even hear him because I, I, I used the app wrong. But you right. heard me. So. <laughs> well, that's, how you know, you, so. Well, that's how you learn. Yeah, that's, yeah, for sure. That's, Definitely learn. That's absolutely how you learn. And I shared this story with you about how I got my show started. I was staying with my mother 
at the at the time and all I had was a small mixer and a handheld and a handheld microphone and a headset. I had a basic uh, play-by-play set. And someone dared me to start a show. Someone dared me. So I start figuring, okay, with the internet being the way that it is, and this is 2013, what the hell? I'll give it a shot. Here I am 7 years later and here you are with with your podcast which again is ap- is absolutely fabulous you'll get the information uh at the end of our at the end of our conversation but one thing you told me is that you don't give many interviews so let me thank you from the bottom of my heart for allowing me into into your world and uh, allowing me to show you mine you know for 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 doing that because it means a lot to me that you trust me and trust my show enough to take care of you. And that's appreciated. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. I mean, you, you know, you're awesome on mine. So it wasn't, it wasn't, a, you know, it wasn't a problem. And, you know, I, I realized too, like uh, in the beginning, I was so busy, uh, you know, interviewing and, and, you know, everybody else. And then I was like, well, how do people get to know really who I am? <laughs> you know, so it's like I, I kind of, you know, started liking them more because I got to show a different side of, you know, even though you can see my pers- or hear my personality, depending on what the, the show may be, um, for the most part you can, but being a guest is completely, you could, you could be silly. You could, it's just, it's just, the way it's off you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tell you, I, I tell you what, y'all. When I was on, when we were taping her podcast, we did it this past weekend. When we were, when we were taping her podcast, I think she and I both had a uh, a time set, uh, uh, how long we're going to go. But then she asked me, you know, is is any subject off limits with you? I said, hell no, run with it, and. Big old, I could feel this big old smile on her face. And she says, all right. And the next thing you know, almost two hours had gone by. And we had laughed almost <laughs> the, we had laughed almost the entire time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> we had, and we touched some, uh, t- we touched some subjects that a lot of people won't touch. Like this. Anyone who no okay let's let's just go ahead and call let's just go ahead and call a spade a spade okay a lot of people will say to folks like you and i you have to give back to the black community and i told you on your show my question is why i'll give back to a community no matter what the race that appreciates the contribution yeah, not just because because you're black, so you have to give back to black community. Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah. I, I I talked about this on your on your podcast, and we're going to talk about it here. And I've said it many times. I do not, will not, and won't ever subscribe to monolithic thought, because as one yeah. of my favorite comedians, George Carlin, said, and I'll give you the floor on this. I got this real moron thing I do. It's called thinking. <laughs> Right. Just don't do. You think. <laughs> I mean, doesn't logic come into play somewhere? When we you talked about this. <laughs> <laughs> we sure did. We sure did. 
but 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 seriously, <laughs> doesn't logic come into play somewhere? That's my question. Mm-mm, people leave that part out. They really do because if they started make, making sense, they wouldn't really have anything to stand on. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't have any. Wouldn't have anything to talk yeah. about if lo- if logic was involved. And speaking of logic being involved, and as I said, and I'll continue to say, I do not subscribe to monolithic thought. I love the fact that I can think and I continue to continue to think for myself. But I will be honest, growing up, a lot of opinions had shaped me until I'd say I turned 21 and then my brain turned on and tapped me on the shoulders like, "Uh, hello, you're living now. Why don't you go discover some stuff? And that, and even before that, that happened when I went away to college and I was 18. I went away to college and it's like the doors kicked wide open to a whole new world. And there was a lot that I had to learn from then till now. But man, it's like, does the term crabs in a barrel mean anything to you? When I, when I hear that term, uh, it sounds really like uh, tight. <laughs> a lot of uh, <laughs> you know, social distancing. <laughs> it's like, and I, I know you've gone through this being a podcaster. I've gone through this being a radio show host and a podcaster. When you start to find any little bit of success, and trust me, this is a happy show, folks, but let's just be real for a moment. When you try to find any kind of success, it's weird that people want to drag you down with them to their misery while you're trying to climb away from their misery. Oh, for sure. They love it. <laughs> it's like, see somebody succeeding, drag them. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like, for sure. it's like, um, why are you trying to drag me down with you? Yeah, man, my wife pointed this out to me. She she says, don't let them, don't, don't let them drag you down. You got stuff to accomplish. And you and I both being parents, trying to teach that to our children and me being a, yeah. being a grandparent wife and I trying to teach that to our grandchildren you know don't be yourself I think that's what yeah. our two-hour conversation came down to after we laughed for a couple of hours it, it just <laughs> it, we, you just have to be yourself and it takes yeah. people it, it takes people a while to find out who they who they are and who they and what their personality is and and how yeah. they need they get uncomfortable when they see other people comfortable with it in their own skin. I yeah. think it's totally what it is. Yeah. Yeah. When... There's still no logic in wanting to see somebody <laughs> fail. <laughs> yeah. There's that word logic you know? again, folks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it really isn't, but that's just like, that's really huge. It, um, when, uh, even, um, just like for me and, um, the things that, you know, I, I like to do like my podcast and stuff. I'm not really one to, to really like share it a lot, like even at work and stuff, because I know people, um, I already know, you know what I mean? That it's, uh, not something that I'm not going to give you the time or, you know, or anywhere opportunity to, to try to go out of your way to act like you don't give <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So I wouldn't even share that with somebody that wouldn't even appreciate it, you know? But I get it. You don't hear what a lot of things that you think you would hear. I, I'm not going to say like, I'm not just saying work in general. 
that's just a place with people, but it's even uh, with family. You know, I don't, I get no, uh, you know, like acknowledgement. And that's, you know, at first I personalized, but then I was just like, you know what? That's, you're bad. That's on you. Cause yeah. I felt like if you never, if you've never, you should know me. I'm 41 years old and say you know me all my life, but you'll never truly, truly know me until you listen to my, my podcast. That's how I feel. That's how you'll get to know me, who I am, what I stand for, what I do. So yeah. that's how I see it. It's lose-lose for them. It's lose-lose for anybody, you know, because I did a lot of sweet things on my podcast for other people, and I, I was excited for them to hear it, and they did, and it was just like, you know what? Hey, because the mo- most part, the people that did support were so many more people anyway, and it was amazing that it came from people that I barely met or, or didn't know. That's still even better, you know, to be mm-hmm. honest. Same here. Same here, because yeah. you would think that the people you know would be the first ones to jump on your train would be the first ones to jump on supporting you and no far Mm -hmm. far from it and you know we spoke about this on your podcast the worst comes from family blood family because it's it's bad for me it was bad when my daughter was born and my mother didn't even give me a congratulations. That is like fuel for me to be even more successful than ever, to be yeah. a better a, a better person. And it was at that point, it was at that point where I had to walk away. You know, and people think I'm crazy. You know, my uh, my wife says you need to try to connect with your mother. And she's right. To a point, she's right. But at the same time, that moment will play in the back of my mind until I do have a conversation with her, until I yeah. do have a full conversation with her as as to why. And I get and, and I get those answers. Until I get those answers, I'm going to have that moment in my head. But as a parent, that yeah, that's hurt. huge. That hurt. Yeah. That's not expected. That is just not what's supposed to happen at all whatsoever. Mm-mm. You know, it, it really, it, it really, it really, really isn't. And uh, it's hard. It's hard. I've and you told me you were a single parent. I've seen my sister go through it. I've seen many women in my life go through it. That being a single parent, male or female, is the hard is one of the hardest things to do. Yeah, it is. So much comes with it, you know. It's not like watering a plant. Sometimes people just, oh, just get them dressed and then, you know, <laughs> yeah, like no, yeah, teach them morals and ethics and stuff. Yep. <laughs> yep. You know, and hope you and hope that you're doing a good job. You doing know, it, parents yeah. are the, the yeah. most hardest on themselves. You Absolutely. Know? <laughs> Absolutely. We feel like we fail every time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, There's no man. book. No, anything that comes with this shit. Look, <laughs> there <laughs> is no manual for parenthood. None. You're like, yeah. I think I see my mom do this. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, every turn, every every turn. As I said, I've seen it with my sister and my nephew. Every turn, you're going. Now, what the hell do I do? I mean, what did I miss? And you're you're looking for missing, and I I make a joke about parenthood, 
because uh, I, 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 I've seen my parents in action. I've seen my grandparents in action. I've seen my wife in action. But sometimes you just look around. You, you know that motion we did on our on our conversation? You put your hand mm-hmm. upside your head, you move it away, and you're going, yeah. what was like, that? Yeah. <laughs> 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 But I will say I, I will say this and we'll end with we'll end with a laugh here. To this day, and this is my forty eighth birthday, I still watch Looney Tunes. OG I still watch right old cart hey, I'm an OG. I'm an OG. <laughs> I love my Looney Tunes. Okay, how many That's times a real did you, right there. how many times did you get up on a Saturday morning and okay, look, I want three hours of Looney Tunes. Okay, that's how I want to start my day. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about three hours, but <laughs> hey, look, you get you you have to get that to get get your brain going. A lot of people don't realize how you how it did get your your brain going. It really did. But, um, folks, take this conversation, and when she drops her podcast with with me on it, I want you to take a listen to that as well. And put some oh, yeah, positives yeah, in your life. Put your put some positives mm-hmm. because we need a lot more positives right now. Brandy Singleton yeah. joining me. Tell everybody where they can find you, my dear. Well, you can find me, Brandy Day Singleton. Um, I show a voice to be. Actually, I have. I'm just gonna just. Uh, I have a few things, uh, Brandy. <laughs> you didn't know that. <laughs> I have a voice to be reckoned with. The next level. You can find that on. Google Cast, Spotify, iHeart, Pandora, Deezer, YouTube, uh, Radio Public, and the list goes on and on and on. So just about any streaming media you can find. If that gets too confusing, CastBox, you can put it, um, you can Google it. It'll pop up everywhere. But I also, and on Spreaker, because on Spreaker I have three different ones, but I have uh, a voice to be recommended, and I also have the world we live in. That has um, some guests on there, too. Um, also, so that's very important because there are guests on there. So that's the world we live in, and uh, a voice to be reckoned with the next level. But they're all on the same um, streaming media, and you can just put Brandy, you know, Brandy Singleton or Brandy J Singleton. It, you'll find me. You'll definitely find me. Man, uh, this this is definitely yeah. a voice to be reckoned with, and I'm going to have her back on the show at a later date. Matter, matter of fact, may have her on a few times. It's this has been. An absolute blast. Th- an absolute blast. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. No problem. Whenever you want some laughter, just bring me on. <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Thank you, Brandy. Appreciate the time. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hey, folks, don't forget, you can log on to statementgames.com and make some picks. And then right now, there's a contest going on where if you pick the best of uh, all 10 over-unders correctly for team wins during the NFL season. Not only do you win the virtual coins for that particular game, but you get an extra 500 bucks in the process. This is going to be a fun, fun birthday show. Thank you to everyone who's wished me happy birthday so far. We got more in a flash. Are you tired of your persistent window issues? Fog inside the glass? Drafts? Are they difficult to open or close? If you have any of these problems, Renewal by Anderson can help. Renewal by Anderson is a replacement window division of Anderson Windows. For a limited time, buy one, get one 40% off. Plus, get 12 months special financing with no interest and no money down. Call 800-214-0296 now to schedule your free window diagnosis. 
Our windows are made with our exclusive Fibrex composite material. It's two times stronger than vinyl, won't warp or rot, and never requires painting. All backed by an industry-leading limited warranty that covers both product and installation. Call now to buy one, get one 40% off, and take advantage of our special 12 months financing offer with no interest and no money down. Call 800-214-0296. That's 800-214-0296 now. Renewal by Anderson, the better way to a better window. Offer ends June 30th. Not valid with other offers. Minimum purchase required. Visit RenewalByAnderson.com for limited warranty details. Excuse me. I know you have a 9 o'clock, so I'll keep this short. I'm the business suit in the back of your closet. You wore me nearly every day before your office went, quote, casual. I used to be the CEO of your closet. Now I'm just that one intern no one ever talks to. I always thought you'd circle back with me. Get granular. Keep me in the pipeline. But nada. Nothing. Don't you remember the McKittrick presentation? You spilled coffee on me, and I still looked amazing during the breakout talkback Q&A. So, I think it's time for me to move on. I've got a great resume, and I absolutely crush it in interviews, okay? Let's make this a clean break. Shift the paradigm. The only thing I ask is that you think outside the box here and do this. Take me to Goodwill, where I can really make a difference. Your donations to Goodwill create new jobs, training programs, and education assistance for people in your community. To find your nearest donation center, go to goodwill.org. Donate stuff. Create jobs. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. Man, do I love card night. You ready, boys? You got a king? Go, fish that! Oh, come on! <laughs> this is WWE superstar Titus O'Neil. It only takes a moment to make a moment. Take time to be a dad today. Learn more at 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. This is Snowman in the Morning, where true sports talk lives. He did what? I did not need to be told that. Sports is coming back. And that means you can make your statement on Statement Games. Go to StatementGames.com, log in. You can log in through Facebook and try your hand at different predictions. And there is a contest out there right now where you can win 500 bucks. Here's the point. There are 10 statements on over and under wins for NFL teams that are listed. Make your predictions. My picks are in. If you run the table, not only do you win the virtual coins, but 500 extra bucks will be waiting for you. How'd you like that to go in to the fall sports season? Log on to StatementGames.com. Statement Games, an official partner of Snowman in the Morning. And speaking of official partners, my thanks to Sports Carolina Monthly for airing this show and also full press coverage, one of our original affiliates, for airing this show. This is the best sports show you will ever hear, but there's a fellow I have on the line that would make an argument because his and Ian Glendon's show, FPC Radio Live, precedes this one. And they'd argue with me, and it would be a friendly argument, but a fun one. This is Mike DeBate, and he joins me right now. How are you, my friend? Good to have you. Uh, uh, great to be here, my friend. Thank you so much for having me, and uh, always a pleasure to join you and talk some ball. Always a pleasure as well. My wife kind of joked with me this morning. You're still working on your birthday? Yes, I am because we got to talk some football. And I'm working under the assumption that we're going to have some NFL football this fall. There are some things that need to happen. 
but let I, I had something laid out, but I'm I keep getting messages, and I know you do too when you do Locked On Patriots and FPC Radio Live, that there would be a new king in the NFC West, and you and I are keep trying to tell these people, no, there won't be. Yeah, I, I, I really don't understand why there's such a groundswell of people wanting to sleep on the San Francisco 49ers. Listen, I understand the Super Bowl hangover. I understand the arguments that are made in that fashion, but this is not a team that's built that way. This is not a team with, with talent on each side of the ball, both offensively and defensively, that's willing to just rest on their laurels and accept the fact that they made the Super Bowl, they're okay, they don't have to put the pedal to the metal this year. That's completely, completely opposite of what Kyle Shanahan does completely opposite of what these guys on the field in San Francisco are capable of doing. And John Lynch as general manager is not going to allow that either. So I'm a little bit, uh, I guess for lack of a better term, I'm a little surprised and uh, I'm a little uh, disheartened by the fact that uh, so many people are willing to just disregard this team because I still think they're the class of the, of the NFC without question. I'm a little perturbed by it. You know, being a fan and an insider for the 49ers there are people that still, like you said, sleep on this team. When I look at predictions across the board coming into this season as who could win the NFC, it's like the 49ers are just totally discredited. They, they just totally seem to a lot of people like a flash in the pan. I see New Orleans. I see Seattle. Hell, on a couple of predictions, I see the Bears. And we'll get to them in just a moment. But I, 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 I keep asking why the disrespect for San Francisco and the disrespect starts and ends, if you think about it, with a fellow we acquired three years ago, and his name's Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, I mean, if there's anybody that knows Jimmy's capabilities, I mean, it's definitely, you know, I've had the opportunity and the good fortune to cover him in the past. And I can tell you, this is not a kid that's going to go in and rely on his teammates to carry the load. He's not going to sit back and be a passenger, which is something I read a lot about him last year. Mm -hmm. Jimmy is highly motivated to get better each and every time out. He has that Tom Brady type of motivation. One of the big reasons why these guys get along so well, and they do, folks, don't buy into the hype where they tell you that Tom had Jimmy locked out of the TB12 facility and all that garbage in New England. That had absolutely no validity to it whatsoever. Uh, this is a kid that is highly motivated and he's a guy that knows how to win on the field say what you will about motivation motivation is a great thing brian but we know it can only take you so far you need the skill set to be able to succeed mm -hmm. he has both and i think you're going to see that this year any type of maybe um crack or fissure in his game last year uh, most people not present company not accepted because you and i talk a lot about this each and every time i join you here on the show but this was a guy that was coming off of a pretty debilitating injury and yep. an injury that a lot of people, unfortunately, are not able to come back from. Jimmy was able to come back from it and led his team to within an eyelash of a Super Bowl title. I expect him to be stronger, quicker, better equipped this year, and he's going to be a little less gun-shy as well. He's going to get more confidence back to be able to tuck and run, do things that we haven't seen him do in the last couple of years because of the injuries that he's had. 
uh, look for a more confident Jimmy Garoppolo this year. And I think because of that, you're going to see a better Jimmy than you saw last year. You're absolutely going to see a better Jimmy this year. But at the same time, uh, I'll keep hammering this point home. When we did our Super Bowl preview and I appeared on Locked on Patriots, this is a point I want to hammer home that a lot of people don't realize. Jimmy Garoppolo took virtually every snap this year except for one game when Nick Mullins cleaned up because the game was so far out of reach. Garoppolo took every snap this every snap this past year. Durability proven. Absolutely. No question. Durability proven. And, you know, I'm, there's always the, the question of, of injury with any player. I don't care what player it is, uh, no matter where they play, no matter what they've done. Injury is always going to be a question for anyone. But mm-hmm. assuming that Jimmy is going to be healthy and we have no reason to believe he's not, he's coming back strong and he looks to be strong. Uh, this is a guy that is durable. He will take snaps. Some people I've heard question his durability at times, um, maybe because of some of the injury his- history that he's had in college. Uh, even during his days in uh, in New England, there was some question about whether or not he'd be durable to stand up and be able to play in Tom Brady's absence. Jacoby Brissett had to step in and play a couple of games there. That was hard luck. That wasn't necessarily a knock on Jimmy's durability. He's got the offensive line and the game plan in place in San Francisco to protect him. And barring any unforeseen circumstances, I look for him to do the same as he did last year. He's going to be their workhorse, and I think he's up for the challenge. And what else? What also is going to be up for the challenge is the 49ers running game. A lot of people expect that to be a flash in the pan. Earlier in the month, Raheem Mostert and his camp requested a trade. Now with news coming out on Monday that they cleared the air, I have a feeling that not only is Mostert going to be re-signed, they're working on a package for George Kittle, and you put those two in this offense, and they were huge for San Francisco down the stretch, especially Mostert starting with the Baltimore game where he ran for 140 yards. You put those two in tow, and you add Brandon Ayuk, who they drafted, Trent Williams at left tackle, Not only is this 49ers offense complete, but this 49ers offense can be more dangerous. Absolutely. And another thing that they are is more seasoned. They're more comfortable with each other. These guys have had a chance to play with each other and gel and again, nearly win a Super Bowl title. This is not a team that just made strides or, oh, well, they played a little bit better than they did the year before. They're inching their way closer. They came as close as you can possibly come to winning a Super Bowl without winning one. And these guys are hungry. They're ready to go. Um, I, I did see the uh, the report on Monday, obviously, in Rappaport's report about uh, Mostert trying to bridge the gap between he and the 49ers, looking for a salary that's more in line with what Tevin Coleman is making. Look, both Mostert and Coleman rushed 137 times in the regular season last year. Mm-hmm. Mostert did lead the team in yards. He had 772, according to my records, and eight touchdowns. He also had twice as many carries and touches as Coleman from week 13 onward. That's not to say that Tevin is not a valuable member of this team, but this two-headed running monster that San Francisco was able to trot out is something that is so unique to this team and something that gives them such a leg up on the competition. Don't forget, Moster is still in the contract for two seasons, including 2020. Mm -hmm. The Niners have the eighth highest salary cap figure for running backs in the NFL. You have to imagine that they're going to there's got to be some pushback on whether or not they wanted to incorporate that kind of money just into one position. But when it's as valuable as it is, especially when they want to try to work something out with putting George Kittle back in place, they've got Jimmy Garoppolo under control. They want to control the guys that are going to be the cornerstones and the central figures of a Super Bowl uh, caliber team. 
I think definitely Marine Mostert is worth the uh, the investment, and I think they're going to get it done, especially now that you're hearing that what he's looking for is to have a salary that's commensurate with Tevin Coleman. He's not looking to necessarily make more than him. He's not looking to eclipse him, or he's not looking for number one big-time running back money. He just wants to be paid accordingly, and I think San Francisco is going to be amenable to do it. And, and since Mostert has been a part of the 49ers, he seems more at home. That running back position is going to be huge. Tevin Coleman, Raheem Mostert, and there's a rookie out of Washington, Salvan Ahmed, that's going to to really turn some heads in that in that 49er camp. I saw him play at Washington and that jackknife ability. Does the name Roger Craig come to mind is a perfect fit for Kyle Shanahan and his offense. He really is, and you've turned me on so much to what he can do. Very similar to what you did with Matt Breda last year. And as much as I love Breda's game, and I think he's going to go on to be a successful pro uh, in Miami, I do believe that having a guy, you know, you know, as his understudy back in in San Francisco, um, and having Ahmed be the type of runner that can be that third wheel, uh, that third cog in that wheel is, is very, very good for San Francisco. I think he has the ability to be a little more prolific than Breda was last year. Breda was a very good runner, very, um, you know, um, he was a workhorse, someone that you could rely on, but he had his issues hanging on to the football. I don't see that in Ahmed. I see someone that secures the football and is going to be able to give that running attack another dimension and who knows where it could lead i really think that this could be an even better running attack in san francisco this year than you saw last year and that's saying something we all know how great that running back tandem played in 2019 look at the rest let's look at the rest of the division of course seattle's going to challenge arizona's going to make strides the rams are bottoming out because they mortgage their future on jalen ramsey and jared goff and it's just not paying off right now i heard this opinion and i'm beginning to agree Agree with the way the 49ers just sat back while they were rebuilding their team, bringing in John Lynch, bringing in Kyle Shanahan, bringing in Jimmy Garoppolo, making sure Kittle is taken care of, signing Raheem Mostert. They did not have to take the home run swings that the rest of the teams in the division do now. The way the 49ers are set up, every other team in that division, including Seattle, who can give the 49ers the most problems. They have to take a home run swing somewhere, and if it pans out, great, and if it doesn't, it just widens the gap between the other three teams in the division and the 49ers. Yeah, and I think the gap is still pretty wide, and I say that with all due respect to the Seattle Seahawks, who I have a lot of respect for and a lot of confidence in heading into this year. I still think they're going to be a very formidable team. You don't employ Russell Wilson without being one of the favorites in your conference, and no one is saying that Seattle is not there. But when it comes to being able to catch the San Francisco 49ers in this division, I just don't believe that they're there. I don't believe that they're a better team on the defensive side of the ball. I don't believe they're a better team on the offensive side of the ball. That's going to raise a lot of eyebrows. But look, Russell Wilson head-to-head with Jimmy Garoppolo, yeah, I think if you probably put me against the wall, I would probably say Russell Wilson is the more talented of the two. But in terms of the supporting cast and in terms of how Jimmy fits in with the type of offense that Kyle Shanahan likes to run, it's hard for me to bet against them and give the nod to Seattle in terms of having 
the better offense. I think Seattle, I think San Francisco has a far superior tight end core. I think they have a far superior running back core. I think by far, probably two to one. And when it comes to wide receivers, I really love the way that uh, the uh, the San Francisco 49ers are set up. You mentioned Brandon Ayuk. I scouted him a lot as a potential pick for the Patriots because of his speed, his ability to get open, and his similarities to a guy that he's going to be playing alongside, and that's Debo Samuel. I think Debo has got maybe a little bit more strength than Brandon does, but there is that explosiveness to be able to get open down the field. He has that, and that's something that the Patriots have lacked for a number of years, but kudos to the San Francisco 49ers for picking that up. Of course, Debo Samuel right now, the wild card is, is that he's going to be out. We're hearing that he might be out until October. Uh, recent reports uh, you know, surfaced from uh, the NFL Network stating that. However, I don't think that's necessarily detrimental to the 49ers. They do have enough on that wide receiving core to be able to keep themselves afloat until Debo is ready to come back and come back strong. We mentioned Ayuk. Another guy that you and I are very high on is Jalen Hurd, mm-hmm. somebody that I think that uh, this you know offense uh, in San Francisco can really tailor make. You want to talk about someone that can go up and jump for the loose ball? He's one of the better uh, you know wide receivers in last year's class. Injury kept him out of much of last season, but he's ready to go and he's going to have the platform this year to be able to do it. So again. As much as I do like Seattle, I love San Francisco, and I think that's why they're still in the driver's seat, not only in the division, but also in the entire conference. And here's the thing with the the 49ers. They got a lot of confidence after a narrow loss at Baltimore. They stayed out east for a week and went into New Orleans, down two scores twice, take the lead at halftime, but if there is a play, and my radio partner uh, Cole Johnson and I talked about this, if there was a play that not only restored the 49ers' confidence but made their season, it was that fourth and two connection to George Kittle that set up the game-winning field goal. And oh, by the way, there was a number one seed on the line in that game. Absolutely, without question. And games like that, moments like that, provide teams with confidence, not just in the year and in the moment that it happens, but it gives teams confidence year after year. I I know I keep coming back to the Patriots, buddy, and I apologize, but you know what? (laughs) It's It's in my blood. I can't help it. But you see from year after year in covering this team, especially under the leadership of a head coach like Bill Belichick, these teaching moments, these moments, these seminal moments that happen during games that learn, that you grow, whether they're positives or whether they're negatives we remember from a number of years ago in indianapolis the four and two the fourth and two fiasco yep. and bill belichick still points to that as a teaching moment about trusting your defense having a lack of confidence in your offense things of that nature that will allow you and just and, and obviously the opposite was the case with fourth and two but there was a lot that needed to go into that in order to teach the team what to do in those situations and what not to do. When you see teams have confidence and have a positive result, it's going to carry over, especially when the nucleus of your team returns for another go-round. That's certainly the case in uh, um, in, Seattle, in San Francisco. And, uh, you know, with, with regard to competing with Seattle and really competing with any of the other teams that we've mentioned in the NFC, like a Dallas or a New Orleans or a Chicago or a Tampa Bay, they're going to have the ability to stand toe-to-toe with these teams because they've been there before. Don't forget, Rick Flair once said, to be the man, you got to beat the man. Right now, San Francisco's still the man. Talking with uh, Mike DeBatis, we talk all things NFC West. We're going to go division by division each week until uh, until the start of the season, starting with the NFC West. 
And the problem that I have with Seattle, dynamite team, don't get me wrong, but I see two big problems with Seattle. Number one, their running backs are older. And secondly, in the last five seasons, and you and I have talked about this, they've become too dependent on Russell Wilson. Yeah, and that's a big problem with uh, uh, with teams. When you become too dependent, even on someone as talented and as versatile as Russell Wilson, it's difficult to be able to say, oh, well, we've got a leg up on the competition. Because all of a sudden, you start telegraphing even when you don't realize that you are. Teams are prepared for that. They're ready for that. And I don't care. There's, oh, there's so many defenses in the National Football League that can prepare for that. And they will. It's at, 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 uh, Seattle definitely needs to diversify their offense a little bit if they want to be a team that's going to break through and be a true Super Bowl contender. Now, again, in the in the running game, I think they're uh, they're, they're deficient in that regard. I, then you know, Seattle fans are probably going to be upset with me for saying that, but I don't see the prolific running game that you're going to need to match a team like a San Francisco or. You know, to give some love to the other teams out there, you know, a team like New Orleans that, that has a pretty decent running attack. You know, these guys are going to be able to run the ball a little bit more effectively. Seattle's going to have to beef that up a little bit. I like the receivers that they bring to the table. Obviously, Metcalf is a guy. Lockett is a guy that can get open. Um, I like the fact that they brought in Philip Dorsett as maybe a number three. Had a chance to cover him for a couple of years in, in New England, and I, I can tell you he can – he can do good things if he's able to not only get open, but he's able to find the right type of quarterback. Russell Wilson loves to air the ball out. That's the type of quarterback that Philip Dorsett loves to play with. So this could be a good uh, you know, matchup for the both of them. But I still think they're, they're a receiver away. I still think their tight ends are a little young. And again, I still think they're a little bit deficient in the running game in order to be able to compete with a San Francisco or some of the other teams in the NFC right now. And here's another point with, with Seattle. Their offensive line is older, much, much older. There are a couple of former 49ers on that on that club, Mike Upati being one. He was a member of the 49ers in 2012. Now we're heading into 2020. You're talking about an eight-season spread, and that 49er offensive line is young and hungry. Big, big difference between the two teams. Big difference, and we've seen you know teams with young versatile offensive lines that are able to uh, you know adapt to their surroundings they're able to get the protection that they need for a good amount of uh you know players and teams that uh, that need it and at the end of the day offensive lines and defensive lines are where games are won those are the trenches those are the that's where you see teams emerge from being uh you know I don't want to say a media darling, but a lot of times people get lost in the offensive skill positions, the defensive skill positions, and they forget the lines. They forget the offensive line and the defensive line. When it comes to those two teams stacked up, yeah, I like the way San Francisco is situated a lot better. They're younger. Uh, they've got uh, a little bit more depth in their in uh, their offensive line. Seattle, I think, has gotten a little bit better, but they're still going to struggle. And if they continue to do that, that means less uh, you know, protection for Russell Wilson. And that's something they can't afford to continue to have. They really cannot afford that. We'll have to see what happens. One final point, And we haven't mentioned this point yet in, in the conversation. The strongest point of the 49ers, as much as I'd like to say it's the offense this year with them being more diversified, having the best running attack, that defensive line is powerful. And that's being nice about it. 
Yeah, without any question, that is probably one of the most powerful, if not the most powerful in the NFL. Look, one of the big things that a lot of people were pointing at when it came to San Francisco was the loss of DeForest Buckner. You know, you, you look at what they were able to do. And again, you know, there's... There's a lot that can be said about the 49ers and, and how they approach their draft, but I believe that they did a, the best job that they could at replacing, uh, you know, um, Buckner. They're going to bring in some young rookies. They're going to bring in some players that are going to be able to, to play at, at a high level. Javon Kinlaw is someone that can do that. He can step into that role. Uh, I spent a lot of time scouting Kinlaw as a possible Patriots pick. I didn't <laughs> think he'd be there at the end of the first round when the Patriots, uh, you know, didn't have their, uh, their pick and they ended up trading out of the first round completely. Big surprise there, folks. Bill Belichick trading out of the first round. That right. never happens. Right. Um, but uh, no, in all actuality, uh, Kinlaw was one of those guys that I thought they might reach for if they decided they wanted to trade up. And we have seen Belichick do that before. It's not mm-hmm. foreign. Um, and, and for all of the knocks that people want to bring on Kinlaw, that he's not ready, he went too high, he's the perfect player to be able to take on the mantra of taking over for a guy like Buckner. In my opinion, 49ers drew a beat on him. They didn't worry about whether or not Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay were up in the booth saying, this is fair value for where he was. They wanted him. They saw an opening, and they went for him. You can't really fault the 49ers for doing that. If he pays dividends on the field, no one's going to care that he didn't have maybe a top 10 grade or that he was graded as lower or he could have been had at the second part of the first round they're going to remember that the 49ers were the ones that grabbed him. So I always applaud teams that do that. I see the Patriots do it every year. They really don't care what the pundits are saying about draft position. If they feel it's fair value and a player is there that they want, they're going to take them. I think the 49ers did that in the draft this year, and I was much higher on the Niners draft than a lot of other people were, and Ken Law was one of the big reasons why. Ken Law was there for the 49ers. When you trade a talent like DeForest Buckner, and you and I talked about this, yes, it was a money move to get Buckner out of there, and yes, he was their defensive MVP, but you want to get younger and you want to get stronger, and you want to talk about finding a light player, and I pointed this out to you when I first saw Ken Law play and saw how he got after the quarterback, how he he is in the pass rush. It's going to take him a little bit to develop. But with those linemen that he has there, Eric Armstead, who they granted an extension to, you know they're going to give an extension to Nick Bosa. Solomon Thomas out of Stanford. This is a prove-it year for him, but at the same time, he's going to get the reps. And, of course, D4 coming over from Kansas City. Javon Kenlaw can do nothing but soak up the knowledge. It's going to be, I think it's going to be a seven or eight sack year for him coming out of the gate. But with Robert Sala turning them loose and them not having to blitz as much as other teams do, all Ken Law can do is grow with the number one defense of the NFC. Yeah, without question. And again, you mentioned the Robert Sala defense and what they're going to be able to do this year. I really love the diversity in, uh, in the, not only the front line, the linebacking core. And let's not forget the secondary. The secondary was a big part of this team's success last year as well. Richard Sherman might be getting a little long in the tooth, but he's still got plenty of bite left in his game. Yeah. And he's a very smart, savvy defensive back. One of the best in the league. And he knows it. He still knows that he has the capability of directing traffic back there. Whatever step he may have missed in age, he's making up for in wisdom. And I think to me, that's one of the big reasons why San Francisco is so formidable because not only do they employ one of the best defensive fronts in the, in the game, one of the better linebacking cores in the game, but a defensive backfield that I think deserves an awful lot of credit as well.
And folks, you got to remember, San Francisco is very, very young. This could mean multiple Super Bowl titles in the Bay. Remember how Bill Walsh started his dynasty and George Seifert continued it? You're seeing a little bit of a mirror image. That's our preview of the NFC West. Next week, we'll take a look at another NFC division. Mike DeBate will join me to break all things down, and we'll take you to and through the 2020 NFL football season. Always a pleasure, my friend. Love having you on. Always a pleasure, my friend. I love being on a sincere happy birthday. Many, many, many more to you. Thank you. Uh, one of the great joys in this business to me is being able to work with great men like yourself. Not only have you become a great colleague of mine, but a great friend and a great brother as well. Uh, wishing you blessings always, my friend, and uh, I look forward to coming back and talking ball with you next week. I really appreciate it. Thank you, my friend. Thanks for coming on. Anytime, buddy. Take care. Hey, folks, you know what Monkey Knife Fight is? Monkey Knife Fight is the third largest growing prop fantasy prop game in the world. Log on to monkeyknifefight.com, use the code SNOWMAN, and you get a 100% deposit bonus on up to 50 bucks when you make your first deposit. Log on to monkeyknifefight.com. I have had a fabulous time on my birthday talking sports with you guys. Thank you to my guests, including... Brandy Singleton, Mike DeBate, uh, Desmond Johnson, and Deshaun Tate that you heard from our one, Marcus Ogden, for jumping on as well. Don't forget, we are powered by full press coverage, the SDM Sports Network, as well as Sports Carolina Monthly. And you can find replays of this show on SDMSportsNetwork.com as well as Sports Carolina Monthly. Man, I've had a wonderful birthday. Now I'm going to go enjoy the rest of it with my family. Till tomorrow, have a great day. God bless. Remember to make your next move your best move. And always remember, if your dreams don't scare you, then they are not big enough. Dream big, do bigger. I am, and I hope you all are too. Thanks for the birthday wishes. I'm out of here.